Welcome to the Holiday Impact, the podcast that reminds you you have the power to make a difference. I'm your host, Shante Holiday, and each week we'll explore the mindset, habits, and strategies that will help you overcome obstacles, seize opportunities, and create a positive impact in your life and in your business. Joining me today is Timo. Hi, how are you? I am doing amazing. I want to say thank you first and foremost for giving me the opportunity to share my story on your platform. I've been watching you as well for a while. And um, this one I was actually excited for. So I'm doing great, ready to serve and ready to educate. Gotcha. Well, I really, really appreciate you. I can honestly say that I I don't believe you're just saying that you're excited for the camera because I could feel your energy through every single one of your responses that you gave me when I asked um, if you would <laughs> come on here from the response and when I sent you the question. So um, thank you so much for your genuine enthusiasm because everybody's different. So I like to match energy and it, it's just really appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, once again, thank you. I'm just, um, I'm excited. Once again, uh, each podcast is different, you know, like a lot of times you don't know what to expect. And uh, also you don't know what type of energy field you're going to be in going into it. But today I've been, you know, doing um, my morning routine since 5am and built that positive energy bubble ready to give the people what they want. Gotcha. And that always matters. So I have been following you since at least 2019. I think when I found your platform, I saw your very first post in CRC, actually. And um, that was before your hair was long and everything. Yeah, like yeah. before COVID had like really gotten started. Um, and so, yeah, no, but for those that don't know your platform, could you mind sharing a little bit by yourself and who you are? Yeah, guys, my name's Tim Wilson, and um, I love building startup companies. Um, you know, prior to uh, taking a bet on myself and a risk on myself, I was in corporate for about 10 years of my life. I ended up leaving corporate and starting a credit repair firm, uh, which last year was named the number one credit repair company in the state of Arizona. We've helped a little over 7,000 people at this point. Um, from there, I started building a business funding firm by the name of ASAP Funder, which is strictly B2B. Um, and then from there, my latest venture, I built a logistics company um, these last uh, 90 to 120 days uh, to help, you know, our, our guys in the truck trucking industry, you know, not only navigate the waters, but learn more about financial literacy and how to build their business as well to acquire funding. And that kind of ties into everything I'm doing. Not only that, you know, guys, the businesses don't make me who I am. Um, I'm a father of now uh, four. Um, I have a, a 15 month old son. He's a junior. His name's Timo. I have a two month old daughter named Willow. And then I have um, Amaya and Anaya. So I'm also a father. I'm 35 years old. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Some of my hobbies are just, you know, getting lost in nature, right? Doing a lot of camping, doing a lot of traveling. Uh, I love to read. I'm a, I'm a bookworm, right? Um, and other than that, just being around good people, you know, with good vibes and good food and just being free, essentially. Right. And so I feel like we start these businesses and stuff there. Like everyone has like that same goal at the end and stuff there, which is ultimate freedom and helping other people acquire the same if and That's when right. possible so yeah and your babies are adorable and what amazing names it took me forever to think of that one I only have one child and stuff there so far and stuff yeah. um that at birth right and stuff and his name is Cash so yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't yeah. know how much narrowing down I did but I did want to ask you and stuff there um can you tell us about your journey to becoming a successful entrepreneur because there's no straight path right it's always right. rocky and I know you do the credit repair, business funding, and trucking industry. So could you tell us a little bit about the journey part for you? Yeah, definitely. So um, the journey wasn't easy, and it's never going to be easy. It's in a way um, funny how, you know, we set these plans and these goals and these um, deadlines. And more often than not, um, we miss every single one of them. Um the reason why that is, is because, and I'm glad you called it a journey because a journey doesn't have a destination, right? Um, there's no, there's no end point on a journey. A journey will always go on. You know, it ends when you want it to end, when you, when you quit, basically, that's when you fail. 
Um, a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations. Um, I actually started on the in the online space with a company called Wake Up Now. It was a multi-level marketing company. Um, before that, I didn't know much about online marketing, about Facebook, the Instagrams, et cetera, et cetera. So I started there and that opened, I guess the lesson through that company was, is something I still use to this day. It's called the rule of three. I like to build my companies down in legs of threes, right? So multi-level marketing, you bring on your first three, po three people, then they bring their three people, right? Um, so that was my first venture. I've always been great at public speaking. So I'd host meetings and things like that. Um, but I tell you what, I mean, the journey to entrepreneurship is going to be a very lonely and very hard journey because it's a true test of who you are. What can you withstand? Um, how resilient, how dedicated, what type of commitment levels do you bring to the table? Are you willing to go all in on yourself? Because that's truly what um, entrepreneurship is. And it's been something about me since a kid. Like I just knew that the life I was seeing my grandparents, my dad, my aunties live, it wasn't a life that I wanted. And to be straight with you, my dad was all against entrepreneurship. Really? Um, I could even take it back actually before Wake Up Now. I'm sorry, that wasn't even my first um, uh, experience with business. My first experience with business was this company called Centura Creations. You guys might have seen those people in parking lots selling perfume and cologne. Well, I uh, was new to the Bay Area from Atlanta, Georgia, and I applied to a Craigslist ad and it said, start your own business. We'll train you. We provide everything. Well, I show up, I get hired, I'm excited. And um, I show my dad the plan. I'm like, dad, it's a six to eight week plan. I'm going to have my own office. I'm 20 years old, fresh out of college. He's like, oh, Tim, oh, don't do that. It's a scam. I tried something similar with the blue algae pills and it never worked. Well, I took the risk and bet on myself. And 10 months later, they were sending me here to Phoenix to open up the first branch to hire my own people. And I ended up growing my organization to three different offices at 20, 21 years old, doing about a half a million in gross. Um, now, things happened where I had to close the doors to every single office. Um, things happened. It was internally. It was actually my business partner. Um, things didn't go right. And um, from there... I didn't see myself really getting back into business from there. I actually took a year off to just party, have fun, blew all my money, just lived and did whatever I wanted to because yeah. before that, yeah, I was, you know, the last business, we were um, working Monday through Friday, almost 16 hours a day. And then we would be out of town every weekend. So it was a seven day a week grind. I remember days I was like, man, I wish I could just stay home on a Sunday, drink a Corona and watch football because that's how much we are working. Now, I'm not a big drinker. I drink socially from time to time. But the point is, is that I sacrificed my whole life into that business to make it what it came to be, which right. to me was amazing because at 20 years old, there weren't too many um, people, you know, doing what I was doing. So it's going to be lonely. Um, it's going to be hard. There are going to be times that you're going to want to quit. There's going to be times you don't have the answers. There's going to be times, especially at the beginning, there's no support. Don't look to your friends. Don't look to your family for support at the beginning stages of business because nobody thought I would make it to where I'm at today besides me. I seen it before it manifested in the physical. I knew the entire time. But everybody wants to come on the bandwagon after you're already in Yahoo Finance, after the millions of dollars already start pouring in. And then they, oh, I believed in you, right? So right. the point is, is that don't think that this is a, a cookie cutter process. Um, most masters, it takes 10 years before you even start to taste success. So right. be patient with yourself. And more so, every step of the journey, there's a lesson that you need to be able to sustain when you do start, you know, reaching success. No, 100%. And I couldn't agree more and stuff there. It's going to be like really, really lonely. Co-sign that. And it's going to take all of yourself, right? And stuff there. Not a piece, not just on weekends, not part-time yeah. um, oh. and stuff, especially if you want to see like real growth because right. nobody else is going to see the vision that you see. That's right. So, like, yeah, no, definitely listen to his insight. And so what you were saying was 
for your businesses though, I want to know how do you manage to run multiple successful businesses at the same time? Hmm. That's a good question. Sometimes <laughs> I don't even know how I do it. <laughs> you be doing a lot. And I'm like, how many different how? Cause Okay. Okay. That's actually it's really not a hard question. So it's simple. It's systems and people. Right. Systems and people. Um at, at the beginning, it's impossible. Okay. okay. You have to first chase one rabbit and scale that rabbit all the way out. Whatever your goal is, whether it be a hundred thousand, a million, ten million, focus on that one business first. Okay. Now, once you get like I did with ASAP Credit Solutions, I started from home, it was doing four thousand a month part-time. Then we started doing $100,000 a month full-time. Then we started doing $200,000, $300,000 a month full-time. And from there, it was marketing, branding people, marketing, branding people, systems, marketing, automations, people. Because at those levels, what you're really doing is you're putting things in place to free up your time. Right. You're investing your money to free up your time. Now, when you go for the second business, and this is a very great question that I really want people to understand. Like, for instance, let's say you started a you were you started doing eyes, eyebrows, nails, like some cosmetology, uh, something feel good business, eyelashes, what have you. Don't go start a um a a new company uh, a detail company like something that doesn't run vertical to the current business you built so when i went from asap credit solutions i built asap funder which is a business funding company well little that people realized um i leveraged everything i built over here to build this the completed list of clients half of my staff, right? There was a lot of new things over here, don't get me wrong, but the industries ran vertical because if you didn't qualify for funding, where did I send you? To my credit repair company. And if you finished my credit repair company's program, where am I sending you? Now to you my qualified funding. I just didn't want to tie the two because they're two completely different entities and I'm big on mitigating risk. Now with the logistics company, that was more of a... Um, I was curious on really how logistics and transportation worked. Okay. Um, I know it's a super large industry and it is much different than the other two I've built. But before I started the third company, this one was scaled and automated. This one was built and doing good. And I knew the leverage I had was, well, Timo, what's your rate? My rate's 10%, but, but. There's no other company out there that's going to show you how to build your business credit, position yourself for equipment financing. You as the owner, you need a good FICO score. That's one of your most powerful assets. So my other company can do that. So I found a strategic way to intertwine the third company with the others. But to keep it simple for the people, guys, Sundays, I time block my week out. It's very important. If I don't time block my week and I don't have a mission with everything I need to do for the current week, it's impossible to run three companies, overlook three companies, et cetera. You got to have loyal, good people in place. You got to have systems in place. And as a CEO, you're really overlooking the entire umbrella through numbers, through data, through audits, et cetera, and, and nurturing relationships with your people. But the people move the organizations and I move the important people, if that makes sense. It does, actually. It makes perfect sense. So how do you find the perfect people? Because you seem to find all of the perfect people. Like, no, so no, it looks like I do. I, I've I've find I've found a lot of bad ones. That's what it is. So at the beginning, especially if you've never hired before, it's gonna be very easy to be like desperate and believe people in interviews and blindly, and this was me, and blindly trust them and give them the benefit and do more for them than they're willing to do for themselves because you feel like you need them. Doesn't this sound like a relationship? Yes. Right. <laughs> so yeah so and and essentially it is a relationship now what happens is once the people get comfortable their true colors start to show and then things start to go wrong with the business 
And then through hiring, I've hired and fired over two, 300 people at this point, hired and fired. So through the bad apples, every time something went wrong, I developed a process for hiring, recruiting. Okay, we need to start doing this. We need to put this in place. We need to have them sign this. And then when people start to see you really get your business together and your paperwork is together and you're protected and you're professional, they'll think twice about, you know, trying to take you under, steal, lie, damage your business, et cetera. But it's, I I call it, you know, um, what is it? Uh, it? It's a numbers game, to be honest with you. For every 10 people you hire, one may be with you in the next three years and one may be may do a good job may do a good job for your business but that's one out of ten and i've seen a change throughout covid and this recession people are getting lazier people don't want to put the work in hell people don't see i have a brick and mortar location we were having problems just getting people to show up to the office for an interview right which made me adapt to well let's let's explore virtual because after some time It's like, hey, this isn't working. We got to try something new. Business is all solutions-based. So yeah, you know, I do have some good people. You guys know who you are, but I've had some bad people as well. Um, And it sucks because some of your people you're going to get emotionally tied to, you know, you want to help them, like, you know, their families. But at the end of the day, business is business. Uh, A a job has to get done. And if the job is not getting done, if you're a C-level executive or or an owner, you got to make those hard decisions. Because at the end of the day, it's about the business. It's not about you. Right. No, absolutely. And stuff there. And if you just hold on to one bad apple, hoping for the best, then you can kind of drag everyone else down, right? So it's just not worth it. I went through this phase uh, before 2022 ended. Um, I hired two groups of like eight each for appointment setters and closers for loans. Okay. And I lost all of them everyone every single one okay and I figured out why because I had cancer in my organization that was scaring people off so we wouldn't grow so then when this happened two times in the row I said okay our hiring process is dialed in the people I brought in were great because all these banks are laying off thousands of people I I was getting top one percent mortgage reps like you know, quality that I've never seen before. And I said, okay, the hiring process is dialed in. The compensation is fair. The opportunity is amazing. It's process of elimination. I have somebody in this organization planting bad seeds into new people's minds before they even have the opportunity to get going. And it allowed me to get to the bottom of it and clear out all the cancer. And unfortunately, it was seven people at one time. Sheesh. Okay. Okay. So how do you pivot from that? Um, well, if, if, if your thumb is cancer, you want to save the hand, right? So you cut the cancer and then you start a fresh group. And then you as the owner, you as the CEO, you're the one responsible for bringing them on training, getting them going, because that shows people you take their opportunity serious. And when they get trained by an owner or CEO, especially when you have a lot of employees, they don't, they, they value that. And it allows you to restart and rebuild a new culture because guys, at the end of the day, um, your business is the people. Right. One more time, your business is the people. The culture will make or break your business. And I take pride in just building award-winning, high-tempo, positive, you know, I call I call my office a positive energy bubble, right? I know when you guys leave here, you're going to watch the news. Your baby mama might be mad at you. You might be late on bills, what have you. But right. when you come here, we're going to support one another. We're going to challenge one another. We're going to set high standards and we're going to go, 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 go. And I'm your support system. So yeah, you know, you got to just really fine tune the culture and work on the culture. And once again, the quote, when you help enough people get what they want in return, you'll get what you want. That's the honest to God truth. Literally, literally. No, I love that. So what actually was your motivation for starting your credit repair company? Because that was your first official Mm -hmm. one right Mm -hmm. okay oh it was all the bad things um i was seeing in the automotive industry 
I'm an empath. I really do feel for people. And, you know, it started actually in 2013 when I started selling cars at this dealership called Paul Blanco's Good Car Company. It was a small little, uh, it was like 12 of us there and um, in the heart of Oakland across the street from the Oracle Arena. And to watch moms show up in taxis with bad credit and not get approved. And then the people getting approved watching them being taken advantage of that. I hope I don't get sued for this, but that organization actually got shut down by the government because they found out that um, they were lying to people to upsell their warranties. Like if you didn't take the warranty with the vehicle, they wouldn't let you buy the car. And I remember vividly my manager saying, well, they got to buy the warranty. They got to buy the warranty. Well, that ended up catching up to them. But it was all the bad things in the car business that I seen, um, even as a finance manager, when I was with Berkshire Hathaway, um, right. you know, with Berkshire, it's truly a um, shark eat shark world and you got to keep your numbers up. So, I mean, you know, like it, it was bad, just put it that way. It was bad. And at the time of my car sales career, I had bad credit. And I had a friend with good credit. He had three cars, a 780, like everything amazing. And I, I was at, like, how'd you get there? I was so fascinated. And then I ended up finding a guy on YouTube. I bought some templates. I wrote everything in blue ink. And my child support came off of my credit. And with me, I just have to see something one time and make sure it works. Once I see it work one time, then I take it and I go all the way with it. So through that, I started offering credit repair essentially for free in, in the dealerships, right? If you were getting into a vehicle at a 15, 18% rate, hey, here's my card. I would like to assist you to come back and uh, so I can help you refinance in the future to lower your payment. And I was really doing that only to build, continue to have something different in the car business that nobody else had to build my book of business, right? Because I'm that guy, like I'll put in a very strong year of grind, grind, grind. But after a year, like you need a book of business. And when you have your book of business and you do it right, you shouldn't have to chase new people every year, right? Um, but then the people were showing me like what I was doing was amazing. Right. That it works, that people were going from fives, five fifties to six fifties to seven hundreds. And I was like, well, I need to start charging for this. And then the whole credit repair thing started. Gotcha. Were you just getting like a lot of referrals and stuff too once you started charging? Oh yeah, it was all referral based. Um, I didn't I didn't hit Facebook with it until I was already um a seven figure business, to be honest with you. Um one thing about car guys is is they all make one hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year. And because they make so much money, they don't care about their credit. So I started with like the top finance guys, top sales managers, right? Build down, right? I want to work with people who know a lot of people or talk to a lot of people in a day, right? If I could show these, these are your, let's call them your, your kings, right? These are your exactly. kings on your chessboard. If you treat these guys right and you show them that your service is valuable, they know thousands of more people and they're going to build your company for you. So yeah, that's exactly what happened. Once um, I helped some of the guys out, they started passing my cars out, cards out in their offices. They started referring me out. My phone started lighting up. And I remember my last month in the car business, I was doing more free consultations for credit repair than I was doing my job at work, right? And um, it just took one last thing for my manager to piss me off, try to, my, I don't like to be micromanaged. I don't like to be told what to do. I'm a professional. I know what I need to do. Just leave me alone. I'm one of those type of guys, like, let me work. And it just took one of those days for me to say, you know what? I remember I had uh, my daughter, Anaya, she's 12 years old because I co-parent. She lives in the Bay Area. I got her for the summer, spring breaks, all that. And she was with me for the summer. And I remember looking in her face and saying, you know what, I can't do this to my daughter. Like I can't continue to work 60, 70 hours a week wow, and nice. leave her at home with my girlfriend at the time. Um, and the little time I already get with her, I'm not here. I'm chasing money. So the business was doing like four or 5,000 a month part-time when I was starting to charge and I said, you know, at least it's doing enough for me to pay my bills. That's all I cared about. 
And then through that, God just blessed me. That is absolutely amazing. So I was, I was going to ask you, how did you grow up to set your seven figure business? But I think you already answered that, right? So, well, (laughs) well, no, I left a lot out if we want to roll into that question. So, um, obviously I, then I started working full time from home. Um, I was isolated, just me and my baby. All I was focused on was my baby and my business. And from there, um, doing it full time, the revenue tripled month over month, like the very next month I tripled the revenue and I was like, wow. And then I had like my first $40,000 month, like two months after that. And I was like, wow, like no expenses, just my personal expenses, um, no office, no employees, no nothing, you know, just me. And I had two people on the back end helping me out with the disputes and all that. And then from there, I said, you know what, with this kind of revenue, it would be smart to at least go get a little office, right? Because when people see a commercial address, an 800 phone number, that that's how you know, okay, this is actually someone a little bit better than the rest, right? Exactly. Uh, when you have an email, that's your domain and not a Gmail or Ymail. So I got a little office. It was 800 a month. It was in a very bad area of town, but I didn't care about that because the office was designed for our image, not to bring clients in, right? Gotcha. And then I hired my first two, three people. Um, that went well, the very next year we went and got a much better office. And then obviously a year and a half ago, we got the big boy office, but through that, um, you know, I learned a lot at every single stage, every single stage of building, growing and scaling a business is very, very different. There's different focus points. Right. Right. Um, and I was really good with the money. I'm a money guy. I don't like to, I like to spend money, but I don't like to spend money. Right. So I'm big on saving 30, 40, 50% of the gross revenue. And I would reinvest everything, reinvest to get to the next level. And then you hit a point where you're like, wow, this is great. Now I can spend a little bit and treat myself, but it's really systems, hiring, branding, and staying consistent with what you're doing and and never feeling like you made it or you arrived. I've never felt like, oh, I made it. I've arrived. There's been points where I'm like, wow, like I'm really here, but I've never been to the point where I'm like, okay, this is it. So when are you going to retire? You know, my I'm going to retire in my 40s, but my view of retiring, uh, which is going to be in the next five to seven years. um, But my view of retiring um, is going to be traveling, public speaking, consulting and whatever my sons and daughters want to do. Right. Like I want to. I want I hope my son chooses football like I did. Um, if he does, you know, my my view of retiring is gonna be coaching his football teams, traveling with them over the summers for sports, but more so on a business level, public speaking, consulting, and just putting my capital in areas that are, you know, that are gonna grow these next five to seven years. But I don't see myself selling any of the businesses. I know everyone gets into business and they say, you got to have an exit strategy, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the credit bureaus and banks would have to disappear for me to sell my business. Um, My my view is these are businesses designed to be passed down to the next generation. I was about to say, they sound like legacy businesses more so. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, why would you give that away? You can give it to your babies. Exactly. So, no, I think that's amazing and stuff there. So, can you share some tips for entrepreneurs who are looking to scale their credit repair business? And could you let, I don't know, I guess the motivation for people who are basically always saying like, you know, no one likes my post and stuff there. No one buys for me. No one supports me and things of that nature. What do you think they should do first? Work on their mindset. Gotcha. That's the first thing you guys need to do. Um, when you say nobody likes my post, you're attracting <laughs> yeah. more nobodies to like your post. Exactly. When you say nobody is enrolling in my services, well, nobody's going to continue to enroll in your <laughs> services. Okay. Um, I would start with um, my mindset, uh, reading a few books. I'm actually looking at a few on my shelf right now. Um, there's one called who not how by Dan Sullivan. That's a really good book. I would recommend start with your why 
That's by Simon Sinek. Those are two I want to recommend you guys. Mindset is first because you'll hear me on a few other podcasts mention that success is spiritual. Okay. If nobody is liking your post, it's because A, you haven't done the work to build a following or B, your post has no value. It's one or the other. Okay. Right. If nobody is enrolling in your credit repair services, it's because A, your pipelines are not full on a marketing level. You don't have enough leads because mind you, even at our best, my sales team would close at about 25%. So I would generate 2000 leads a month, 25% of that do the math, right? So you got to make sure your pipelines are full, new leads, appointment scheduled, no show, canceled, live credit audit scheduled, commitments to enroll, um, and then your close one pipeline with all of your active clients. If you get one client, focus on the power of one. Get one like, get one share, get one comment, and get one client. Once you get your first client, then what you want to do is you want to look at the process that client went through, why they enrolled, because psychology behind all of this is very, very important. Why did that person enroll? What was your energy like that day? What steps to the sale did they take to make them enroll? Now, once they're enrolled, your job is, is to continue the relationship from there because now that one client can turn into three clients without another Facebook post just by serving that one client. Yeah. So first, you have to work on the business mindset. My mindset is this. I can, I will, I must. Because everyone wants money, 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 money. Okay, let me tell you guys something it gets harder when you're making more money. It's a lot more responsibility and liability when you're making more money. Define what you want first. What is your dream life? Where do you see yourself in the next uh, three months, six months, 12 months? I don't set five, 10 year goals. I set three, six, nine, 12, that's it, okay? And if you're spiritual, look into the numbers, just like Fibonacci, three, six, nine, look into those numbers. It's a reason why. Okay. And then what you got to do is, well, how can I build my business to support this lifestyle? Because the business is the vehicle designed to create the lifestyle that you want. Then from there, start setting your metrics. Now, at the beginning, guys, like I said, especially if nobody knows who you are, right? Right consistency. Go on ahead and put all your marketing up at 9 a.m., noon, and 5 p.m. Well, why 9, noon, and 5? Because when people get to work, they don't want to be at work. They're on their phone. When people go to lunch, they don't know what else to do. They're on their phone. When people get off work, the first thing they're doing is checking social media. Then what you do is get a group of maybe 10 to 15 people you know together. And what you're going to do is build an engagement group. Hey, guys, listen, I'm going to give each one of you guys a $10 Starbucks gift card if you allow me to put all of us in a group. And every time I post, if you could just like, comment, and share, I would greatly appreciate it. And these are your family and friends. Even though they might not have the money to invest, there's other ways you can get them to support you. Build that engagement group. Now what happens is, especially if you have them posting or commenting and liking within the first 30 to 60 seconds, Facebook and Instagram realizes the algorithm. It starts to boost your posts into other and then into other, you know, sectors of the social media world. And now you get people who don't know who you are to watch your stuff, to like you, follow you, and then start asking questions, which now they become a prospect. Okay. So that's just a little bit of sauce for you guys. This is for my beginners. Okay. The guys that are in credit repair don't know how to get it off the ground. Now for my credit repair business owners, let's say you're in the income bracket, your business is doing $100,000 to $500,000 annually right. for you guys. Um, now it's time to grow because you're just starting to taste a little bit of success in the industry when there's a lot more success to taste. Um, this level of business requires uh, standard operating procedures this level of business re requires KPIs, key performance indicators. This level of business requires 
a much higher scale in your marketing paid advertising budget. This level of business requires recruiting and hiring full time Monday through Friday at all times. Um, this level of business requires systems. So okay. those are your two levels right there. And both levels are different, right? Because once I was at the 100 to 500,000 annually um, income bracket, yeah, your organic marketing is going to always play a part in your success, but paid advertising will always override that because the man with the biggest back spending the most money, Facebook loves that guy and you're going to get unlimited leads. But when you start taking that route, you got to make sure your funnels are dialed in. You got to make sure your automations are dialed in. You got to make sure your sales process is uh, dialed in. Like my company, we only work off appointments only. Every rep has eight to 10 appointments a day. And at our peak, I had 18 reps, full-time reps doing consultations, um, work on your value ladder. You should always have a free item on your value ladder, right? What is free in credit repair, the consultation? Well, I'm gonna take it a step further. I'm gonna make sure my leads get on a Zoom appointment so we can audit your credit live. And that's what made my company different. At a professional financial firm, you would pay four or $500 an hour for a senior analyst to sit down with you and audit your credit line by line for almost an hour. We did it for free. Because we knew if you trusted us to open your, your credit report is your life. That's all your spending habits. If Everything. you trusted us to open that up on Zoom and you allowed us to record a Zoom and audit line by line and give you the free plan, I knew when you went and called one of my competitors, they weren't doing that. They were right. importing the credit into CRC, emailing and analysis and telling you a price. They weren't taking their time. So look for, I guess the... The what to fall back on is the value points like put yourself in your client's shoes, go through your sales process. Would you buy from you? Exactly. Exactly. Go to stores. Like when I go to stores within 30 seconds, if I don't get a hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, I'm I'm leaving. I don't care. I, it could be Gucci or Louis. I do not care. Like I look at other people's sales processes, other right. companies, culture and everything. And I'm always asking myself, what would I do different? What do I like about this? Right, right. No, I think that's absolutely amazing and stuff there. And before I say anything else and stuff there, that was at least $10,000 worth of game. Easy. I appreciate like, like minimum from the engagement group sauce to the looking at other people's standard operating procedures just from like the front end and stuff there I always give the um crispy creams example right and stuff there from like you know you see the light and then you get to the parking lot and stuff there you see people working inside because they always make sure somebody's up front from you get mm -hmm. to the door you're hit with the smell the warm welcome the Boom. whole nine right as you can see I'm not pretty but back to the sales <laughs> part of it so I was getting lost I was about to get a donut um but yeah no and then you mentioned uh Berkshire Hathaway earlier I follow everything um, Warren Buffett base since mm -hmm. like, I think my sophomore year of high school or something like that. And then I even worked at Hellsberg Diamonds that's under the Berkshire Hathaway umbrella for like six years after high school. Um, I was working in my mom's real estate agency. I was in school for CNA, um, med tech, everything. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I'm pretty sure I was a right. Disney princess for like birthday parties at the same time. There's nothing <laughs> that wasn't tried at this point. Um, so like when he said, just look at what other people are doing and stuff there, because success leaves clues, right? That's right. And you basically just gave like the blueprint. If people really, really want to grow, I never want to see anyone else on my timeline say again, I hate it when family doesn't support me or like nobody likes my posts or there's no way for me to make money because there's so many different ways. He just gave right. you like at least nine. <laughs> like yeah. All you have to do, because those are the, you got to scale in on what I said. And now you have to do your work yeah, to put it work. together, to learn it, to master it. Right. Because right. at one point in time, I didn't know some somebody would say SOP. I'm like, what's a SOP? Somebody would say KPI. I'm like, what the hell is a KPI? But then I would never like ask in public because I would be embarrassed. Right. But right. then I would take I would Google it. Okay. How does it look like? Okay. This is how I incorporated my treat your, don't treat your business like a small business, treat it like a company. Right. When you go work for a company, 
Don't they have an employee manual? Why don't you? Don't they have ADP insurance, the whole nine? Like these are things you start doing when the money starts coming in. Don't get me wrong, but start building it on paper and in your head, like how you want it to be for the future. Because then all of a sudden you start attracting top talent employees because they see the benefit of working for you than where they're currently at. But let me stop giving them too much sauce. I'm telling you guys, you just got to do the work. I was just taking it. I wasn't going to stop you for nothing. I was just doing <laughs> it. <laughs> Thank you for pouring and stuff You're there. Fine. Now, I know we don't have too, too much time left and stuff there, um, but I want to make sure that I at least dive into your funding because I know that yeah. at least one person watching is most definitely going to be able to take advantage on the opportunity to be funded by your company. So why did you start your business funding company and how can viewers obtain funding through you? Yeah, so I started my business funding company because um, in the middle of scale with the credit repair company, I had this method that when I was done with somebody's file, I was able to get them about 40 to 60 grand in 0% uh, personal credit cards. Well, through restructuring my life, I learned that, you know, if you're going to run a business, a business should be able to stand alone and get funding on its own. And you shouldn't be using personal credit cards to run a business. That's how you get in trouble. So I also wanted to shift more so to B2B because we were working directly with consumers. I said, you know what? Um, a, we need a funding company to leverage our completed book of business. B, I want to know what it's like to work with people already running businesses, right? It's a different audience. So through that, um, and then my finance career, Berkshire Hathaway, I'm a finance guy. I love working with banks, underwriters, like all that. I'm a numbers guy, very logical thinker. So started building that and um, I actually reverse engineered that company. So the way I build companies is I like to build the back end of the company first. Everybody wants to start an LLC, put their logo on, start liking my posts. I got some to sell you. Very few people want to start at the back end, the fulfillment side, the service side, because that the sales, you're going to take so much pressure off your sales and marketing departments if the work is, um, if the fulfillment is like you roll out a red carpet and you have something in the industry your competitors don't have. So I started onboarding like platinum banks that you had to go through a strict approval process, process with. And just to share with you guys, they wouldn't approve um, my new company ASAP Funder because we were too new. Well, here we go. Most people say, oh, they're not approving me. I can't do business funding. Well, I use ASAP Credit Solutions. I, I onboarded ASAP Credit Solutions with the banks to start funding because this had the revenue, the tenure, the credit, everything. Um, but we offer everything, guys, from, um, from lines of credit, business term loans, equipment financing for construction, transportation companies. We can take on your wholesale flicks and fix and flips. We could take on your long-term uh, rehab and holds. We could do uh, one method we have that you won't find anywhere. It's called 0% business credit card stacking. So we're able to leverage your personal FICO even with a brand new business, one month old with no credit, and get your business thirty to $50,000 and zero percent business credit cards with cash back travel rewards we're able to help businesses apply for the ertc grant so if you had employees in 2020 2021 the government's rewarding you up to ten thousand dollars per employee just for keeping them on the books that doesn't need to be paid back all you have to do is email me at ceo at asapfunder.com and then I'll set up an appointment with you and we can go through that. And if not there, just go on ahead and hit up Chantel and then we can all get in a group message and um, make it work, right? And I'll make sure to put it in the caption as well as the blog to go along with this too. So that way there's no way for anyone to kind of like miss it and stuff too. Um, and so definitely take advantage of that. Now, I know that a lot of people that follow, especially my platform, as you know, I started off in food trailer world, especially when it comes yeah. to like social media, right? So like for people that are in that industry and stuff there, do you feel like they would benefit from being funded by your company and why? And you said food? Food trailers and food trucks. 
100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, because a lot of times what we're able to do, because we have the existing relationships with the dealers, what have you, we're able to negotiate lower rates, lower pricing for our clients, etc. Or, um, you know, we just set the business up in a way to get like a line of credit where the capital is available to you. It's a simple interest product and you use what you need a lot of times by getting funding first and then utilizing the funding to purchase your trailer, or your food truck. You're going to notice you save a lot more on interest than if you were just to go finance through a dealer or something of that sort. So, yeah, we welcome all industries as long as you're not doing anything illegal as long as we don't do like um, law firms, um, anything with gambling. Uh, there's certain restricted industries, you know, but if you run a legit regular business, that's pretty normal. Right. Um, I can't fund you now. I have a program called FundOps that's designed to build the business out through six different phases to position the business to get approved. So through FundOps, we're restructuring the LLC or corporation, we're repairing the credit, we're building the business credit, we're getting a five to eight page um, SBA compliant bankable business plan written for the business, we're doing the entire corporate identity, then we lend and we provide a CPA as well for the bookkeeping and quarterly financials. And then from there, I do all the lender matching and then get you funded because we're in a tight market, guys. So the underwriting guidelines are much more strict now than they were six months ago. So if you're going to apply for funding, like just make sure you have everything together. Gotcha. Is there a fee for fund op and stuff there? Or is is that like a work now, pay later kind of thing? How much should someone have like in their pocket when they come to you for that? Yeah, so fund ops, there is a fee. Um, uh, the total cost of the program is $4,997. But what we do is you could put down anywhere between $999 up to $1,500. And then we put the client on 11 monthly installments. Now, here's the catch. It's only designed to be a six to eight month program, depending on how much work is supposed to be done. Um, I have one client finishing. It's only a four month. Now, once we get you funded, you can use the funding money to pay off the rest of the contract because no clients are going to be in the program for 12 months before they get funded. So I did that strategically to allow clients to lock into very low monthly installments of like $200, $250 a month for all six different phases that bank underwriters look at before making a lending decision. This program is designed around bank underwriting guidelines to eliminate all the red flags. So you get an approval rather than a decline. That's crazy. Okay, cool. And you're only and asking for like coaching. less than five grand? Huh? I do monthly coaching um, okay. with my clients in that program. And we have a course too. So it's a 40 module e-learning course. Because I said, yeah, we're doing all the work for the clients, but what if they don't really understand what we're doing? So then what I did is I built out a course for them to learn what we're doing behind the scenes so they're more educated with running their business. And our monthly consultings, our group coachings is more designed around business growth strategies since everything in the community is credit, business credit, and funding. Right. No, that makes sense. And I'm glad you have that to kind of help your community a little bit more because there's nothing like getting a large amount of money and then not knowing what to do with it. Like, 100% because like, the bank want their payment. Once that payment comes around, they don't want no excuses. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, and it already takes so much work just to get there. So you don't want to fumble the bag. Definitely make sure you go to an expert and stuff there like Timo to help you and stuff. Um, I have I have like one more question. Is that okay? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I swear. It. Like, um, so how did you get into the trucking industry and stuff there? Because you already know I'm everything. I love trucking so much. I had to learn how to become my own dispatcher. Um, I hired my own dispatcher and stuff there. They actually hired me to run their truck somehow. And I just ended up absolutely falling in love with the industry at one point. So how did you get into trucking? And then how are you able to get 10 trucks on the road in less than 30 days? Are you still hiring more drivers the whole nine? Yeah, so um, trucking. So here's what happened. Okay. About three years ago, I was going to move my dad to Arizona and I was going to buy him a semi, put a driver in it, hook it up with Amazon out here so he could make a couple thousand a month in passive income to start his retirement. 
well that didn't go right between mine and his relationship and I always had that LLC on the side then two years ago me and a buddy were going to partner on it and do the same thing and it just didn't go as planned well I don't I don't know how it came about um curiosity you know I was like okay you know, I'm ready to build a third business, but I like to plug into an already existing ecosystem, like a large industry, like we all know transportation is. Yeah. And my mindset was, regardless of what happens in the economy, freight has to move. Yeah. So if I learn this and get good at this, you guys will understand once you scale one business that really all businesses are the same, right? just different industries. So I spend about like two to three weeks just learning on YouTube and stuff. And then I activate the LLC, I get a load board and I just duplicate my recruiting process, how I recruit great salespeople, great loan officers to the trucking industry. And um, I'm talking to guys over the phone. I have leverage because I say, hey, you know, if you're with us for 90 days, we'll start building your business credit. We'll set you up for funding within a year, da, da, da. So then all of a sudden, you know, we have 10 trucks, like within two to three weeks, right? And right now we have more people that want to onboard with them. I with us, I just don't have enough quality dispatchers to take the, the, the more people on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I placed the job ad on Indeed. I wrote a really good uh, script for people to know exactly what I'm looking for. And my interview session was dialed in once we got on an interview, you know? Right, right. So then from there, you know, I used two people from one of my existing businesses. I trained them as dispatchers. Uh, they're each running five trucks each. And it's been, it's been, it's been a, you know, a pretty hard learning lesson, you know, because the industry is very volatile. And this is the first business I myself have gotten in where I don't feel like I have control because, you know, you're dealing with owner operators, you're dealing with drivers, you're dealing with the shitty market right now, you know, and I look at those guys like employee employees in a way that just make all their own decisions right oh it's you know there's only like I tell my people because there's problems every single day with these guys I'm like listen we can only do what they allow us to do right which is educate consult (laughs) be their eye in the sky their headquarters handle all their paperwork book good loads build their uh, portfolio on their MC number, you know, and coach them through all this because right now more than ever, you have more new drivers specifically with box trucks hitting the market than we've ever seen before. It's crazy. It's like they exploded last year, like the last 24 months alone and stuff there. All you saw was they had like, what is it? Uh, Over your 18 month back order. For backpacks yeah. last year when I would call around and stuff like that. And then um, that's before I learned that like it wasn't a box truck that I even really wanted like that. Because when you start right. booking loads, you realize maybe I don't want what I thought I wanted. Maybe what right. I wanted <laughs> was a semi and stuff there that can just have, hook a trailer on the back and just plug and play on Amazon and then have that go. Because um, it's less, right. like you said, it's less volatile that way and stuff. Um right now with the market, it's not necessarily appreciating the owners and operators and it's making it so that you can only appreciate your drivers, but so much. But like you said, you can only do what the market allows. You are not putting these things on the job boards. You're just being able to, whoever calls first, whoever answers the phone. Um, But um, I just thought it was really interesting. I did leave one thing out that I forgot about. So another big reason why I started this business is because the other companies are strictly digital brands. Right. And I wanted to start my next company tied to a tangible asset. Right. So I said, okay, let me start with logistics. That's going to help me learn all this and, and build a nice portfolio and relationships. But once I master this, I have my intention is to buy my own fleet, to put my own trucks on the road, hire my own drivers. And I actually have a guy out of LA. He has a hundred trucks right now wanting to partner as um my asset partner to provide the equipment. Uh, but I think it's more than, uh, I don't want to bite off more than I could chew where I'd rather start oh, off with one or two pieces of my own. Um, but yeah, tangible assets because the logistics and trucking business will be a business I eventually sell. 
And I right. know future owners look for, well, how, how, you know, how many assets, tangible assets do you have tied to the business that we can acquire upon this exit, which in a way it, it makes it seem more of a credible business than just an online business, service-based business, et cetera. Exactly. No, I know exactly what you're saying. And I think it's really smart to start off with like one, two and stuff instead of getting like a hundred at once, because who, who has time yeah. for all that? Right. Um, yeah. But for the owners and operators watching and stuff now, you said something earlier that made me think, I know you said that you have, or at least I saw on Facebook <laughs> that you have a white label option for your brokerage, right? Like for your funding company, are mm -hmm. they, are the owners and operators that are watching, are they able to add to their system similar to what you've done with yours, where they're able to help others obtain funding and stuff there um, as like connected to your funding company? You get know what I'm saying? I'm trying to say, yeah. help me. And that's what this Thursday is all about, guys. So I'll be posting the link again uh, for the rest of the week. So there's a broker ticket. If you uh, sign up for the $297 option to become a broker, that is your ticket as a partner to the ASAP organization. You're going to be able to white label all my all my funding options. I know you do credit repair, so I don't want to drop that. Um, but my funding okay. options and, a, and credit repair... Um, but more so the three-hour class, I have my attorneys hopping on to educate you guys on consumer law. I'm going to be revealing all of my sales processes, how to properly consult on credit and funding, um, You know, my sales script that generated over $7 million in annual revenue these last two years, one script that I wrote, I'm going to be revealing it. And then from there, we're going to be onboarding all the affiliates and brokers. You guys are going to have your own portals. You're going to have a Google Drive with a lot of marketing material. You can rebrand. So for the people that aren't getting likes on their pro posts, rebrand my marketing material. It'll look sexier and you will get engagement. Um, but we're, you know, my goal is to just build this thing out now with more partners rather than retail sales affiliates. So yeah. Uh, that's this Thursday. It starts at 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific. It ends at 5 p.m. Pacific. And you'll see it all over my Facebook timeline. Perfection. There you go. And stuff. And then if they need to reach out to someone for support and they sign up for that and stuff there with you, is there some, is that, is that an option or yeah, would they have they to get, pay something? No, they get everything. So they get my customer support team. They get my dispute team, my case review team. Um, we're going to connect my team with each broker one-on-one -on -one will, where they will know this, um, the process to get in touch with that person, et cetera. Gotcha. And, um, I know I've said last thing a couple of times, but I promise this is like the actual last one. So like, it's like three fifty to get on a call with you for what is it like 30 minutes or something? 297. Yeah. For I believe 30, 30 minutes. Yep. Okay. Cool beans. And then I just wanted to make sure to put that in there where they're like, okay, I know how to get a, uh, get in touch with this customer service team, but how do I get in touch with you kind of thing there? So, so the yeah. best thing to do is if you follow me on Instagram, it's at the bank robber, T-H-E-B-A-N-K-R-O-B-B-R. Timo, why is your name the bank robber? Because when we turn that 500 to a 750, we're legally robbing the banks. Hey. And then you'll see, or or my Facebook, Timo Wilson, uh, if you see my link tree link, the very first link is a meeting to book directly with me. Um, if you're going to invest the 297, this is what I ask. I ask that you know exactly what you need help with. You have your questions written out so your time does not go wasted, right? Um, it's not a time to brainstorm and think of ideas. If you know exactly what you're showing up for and you and there's a field, what do you want to talk about during this meeting so I have time to prepare? I can prepare before the meeting and give you exactly what you need. And then what that does every time after that, you don't have to pay for a consultation um, yeah. once you pay one time. So yeah. That's on my Facebook. That's on my Instagram. You guys can also follow me on YouTube at Timo Talks Biz. I'm going to be dropping my ayahuasca uh, retreat that I just did in, fair, uh, in February this week on that channel. Everybody's been looking forward to that one. I did a lot of healing, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm online. You guys can find me. I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. Any way I can support you guys, that's my mission. Awesome. Please make sure to send me all of your links and I will make sure that I disperse it accordingly and as many you. places as I can find um I know that we are a little over time so I really no really appreciate you and your time I swear I value it I know I, I feel like I said you. 
I feel like I said last question like like 50 times, but I didn't plan it that way. Well, that's how you know it's good. You know, when the last question turns into three more, that means we're doing something right. And I, I really want to thank you. Your energy is amazing. You're nothing but smiles and positive attitudes. And you're doing a great job with your son. And you're really relentless when it comes to business. You know, every time I log on, you're educating, you're training, you're putting something out. And I admire that about you. I appreciate it. I got my hustle from you on the back Let's end. Go. You're probably like, Shannon, Let's go. Thank you. No, seriously, awesome. I really, really appreciate it. You guys, make sure to follow him on every single one of his platforms. Look up his retreats, book a call with him and stuff there. Make sure you got your stuff straight before you book a call. Please don't just say Shantae sent me. Don't have me out there looking crazy. Much love, right? So thank you guys so much for tuning into the Holiday Impact. Um, Timo, did you have any closing words? Did you want to say anything? No, I just, uh, well, yeah, I do. Um, well, you know, I'll, I'll just leave it at this, right? Um, anything you want to achieve, you can. Uh, all you guys got to do is put your mind to it and become distraction free. Just get very, very clear on what you want. And once you figure out what you want, start reverse engineering how to get there. And it's an everyday thing. Every day means every day. Do not waste a week and do not waste a day. And your time is your most valuable asset. Thank you so much, Shante. Thank you. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in for the Holiday Impact and I'll see you on the next episode.